The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let the dogs out! Well, today's revolution with Jim and Trav is all about proper care, training, and maintenance of the modern-day hunting dog. And here's a few little factoids for you. Dog nose prints are as unique as human fingerprints and can be used to identify them. And dogs can smell about a thousand times better than humans. While humans have five million smell-detecting cells, dogs have more than 220 million. And the part of the brain that interprets smell is also four times larger in dogs than in humans. So all that and everything to come is Presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. I love these guys. They make funny with their mouth. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Uh, Iggy Pop. Iggy Holy Pop. cow. Do we really sound that good? <laughs> I eat Iggy Pop for the Stooges, 1969. Now, that, that is a remake, obviously. Yeah, Iggy Pop died a few years ago. He's the same age as you. <laughs> Well, I died a few years ago. And I hate to ago. say this, but he's in a lot better shape than you. That guy, that guy is, like, built. I am, too. Yeah, sure you are. Uh, anyways, M- Mrs. Bunny, she's in the house. Hello. Thank you. I was waiting for that. (laughs) Uh, So anyways, we are going to be talking about uh, hunting dogs once again on today's show and in this week's Ram Power Block. Powered by Ram at RamTrucks.com. Hey, we're going to hear from Miss Bunny and then Pornix on the Ram Hotline at 785-846-7647. We'll be Dave Carty, who's the Porning Dog columnist for Gun Dog Magazine. Plus, Dr. Michael Fuller of Ellensburg Animal Hospital, Outdoor Life's Gun Dog blog writer, Brian Lynn, Hillcrest Retrievers, David Wolcott, and finally, Brian Offit from Under Armour. Uh, sorry about that. Anyways, Mrs. Bunny, uh, you have got uh, several breeds of dogs that you have singled out that make, correct me if I'm wrong, but the best hunting dogs. What what are these breeds, Mrs. Bunny? Well, before we get hate mail here, and I put everybody in a canine conundrum, I'm just oh, saying canine conundrum. that these are ideal dogs. They're not the only ones, so spare us. And okay? not in any particular order but, either, right? Exactly. I just want to say that Jim does want to be your dog. Well, <laughs> yeah. now I want to. <laughs> okay, Iggy so Pop, we made him proud. If we're talking waterfowl, if we're talking duck hunting dogs, mm-hmm. the best all-around waterfowl dog that you're going to find is a lab. Oh, yeah. They're bred for marking, retrieving, delivering waterfowl right to your hand. And they're physically bred for... Their attributes make them, like, perfect for cold water. Yeah. Retrieving, really. What about a Chesapeake Bay Retriever? Well, like I said, it's not exclusive. You oh, can I'm, have I'm your sorry. own... <laughs> I like Chessie. He's just yes. being argumentative. I, I don't so. like that. But don't they have, like, a double coat for warmth, w- right. which really helps to repel right. uh, that cold water? Yes. And and on top of that... <laughs> Thank you. On top of that, they have webbed feet. Double pleated. <laughs> um, they have a compact, muscled body. And um, if you know how bad it hurts when you get whipped with a lab's tail, you oh, know yeah. that they have, like, the really thick otter-like tail. It gives them balance and maneuverability in water. But all right, so number one for waterfowl is a Labrador. Now, right. now what else are we going to talk about? Uh, pheasant hunting dogs, obviously, like I said, more than one breed. But the German short-haired pointer um, is high up there on the list. Now, with pheasant hunting dogs, you kind of have to pick. Do you want more of a flushing, flushing dog or, or more pointing. of a pointing dog? You yeah. know? But um, the German short-haired pointer, they're great. They've got lots of stamina. They can cover a lot of ground all day long. And um, they've got a natural nose to point to birds. They have a lot of natural prey drive. They're, they're tremendously smart, and they learn really quick, too, don't they? Right. They learn incredibly fast. And it's one of those that they have um, just a natural tendency to um, learn. And it's not... You don't have to do heavy training. Even mm-hmm. if you're kind yeah. of a dummy, you know, you can handle... Um, no, she looked at you. Yeah. <laughs> she did. I mean, she looked I, right past me. I, I probably should be offended, but she, I'm not. She burned a hole in it. Well, in, He's in, so silly, he didn't get offended. <laughs> in doing some research, in, in breeders that, that sell um, German short hair pointers, a lot of the time, you know, they sell them at what age? Like 9 to 12 weeks? Yeah. yeah. Dogs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, before they even sell them, they're already pointing. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, they learn at a really early age, and there's not, you know... Obviously, every dog needs training, but they take to it really well. They're incredibly smart, and therefore, they can hunt at an incredibly early age as 
opposed to some that take a couple years to really get their training down. What's the third dog? Um, grouse hunting dogs. Oh. An English setter. Like, what's more nostalgic than an English setter? You know, like the long hair, floppy ears, whatever. That's so, Jim, once again. Yeah, so <laughs> good grouse dogs, they need a they nose. sad eyes. Yeah. They need a nose that's keen enough to scent um, grouse, which are really kind of spooky birds. Um, they need a good enough nose to scent them without bumping them. So the English setter is quick and efficient worker, has a good nose. It's got um, ground speed that was specifically bred for upland bird hunting. Mm-hmm. Not only that, you know, it's kind of like I said, like the nostalgic, graceful jumping and bounding through the field. Yeah, you, you know, like the Irish setters. No, they're yeah. beautiful. The English setters. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. also the. Um, Boykin setters. Yeah. And then Gordon setters are yeah. just beautiful, tricolored dogs. Now, they are. correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the English setter, it was like the first dog registered with the American Kennel Club? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Full factoid. Yep. The very first that. dog registered with the AKC. Yeah. So that's about the yeah, only thing. It's never thing. been number one, though, except the, when they registered the first one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't have the greatest nose, but my nose is big enough. I do bump birds. <laughs> <laughs> so. Right, so that yeah, bump this one. So we're talking about grouse hunting dogs. Uh, English said, I think for one, they're just, I mean, beautiful, graceful yeah, dogs. They are. I mean, like you were talking about the iconic bird dog that has got to be it, and they make really good pets. They yeah, do. They do. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they do shed. They do. Yeah, yeah. The longer hair. So okay, so quail hunting dogs next. Okay. Um, a, an ideal breed, just the regular pointer. They are hard. They're a hard driving hunter. They are tireless worker with a great work ethic. They're independent and they're enthusiastic and they have a, a lot of range and they work well with other dogs in the field. If you're going to be out hunting with other people and other dogs, they work well with other dogs in the field. You just described fat cat. Yeah. <laughs> well. Um, Who's see. fat cat? The fat cat. Oh, the cat, the, the cat yeah. in the studio that nobody likes. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. Except, now- <laughs> except Peggy. So as far as like physical characteristics, um, their thin coat, because mm-hmm. they have such a thin coat, they can stay really cool in the heat and they have a lot of en- endurance, um, gives you a lot of capacity to um, hunt for a long time. And um, which is probably why they uh, use it so much in the South. You know, the, it's hot conditions in the South, but they do really well like that. All right. Now we're going to talk about rabbit hunting dogs and everybody, when you think about rabbit hunting, Bassett. Beagle. Beagle. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. Do you hunt rabbits with basset hounds? Maybe some you people can. do. Yeah, can. some people you do. Can. Just not very fast. Yeah. They don't jump over logs very well. <laughs> you know, I never really thought of beagles as like the type to be like overly enthusiastic and like, you know, like I'm thinking of like Snoopy Dog, you know? I He's mean, enthusiastic. You ever see him dance with that stupid bird? Well, I guess. He you sleeps know. on top of his doghouse. But what apparently, a smart dog. But apparently they have like the need to run, like a love of running, and they have a natural propensity for barking and bang, obviously. I mean, have you heard him oh, yeah. howl? So um, they tend to find rabbits, and they just circle and they chase them until you can get a shot off. I mean, it's amazing. They love to run. They're so, so cute, too. And they've been hunting small game. They've been using them to hunt small game for over 200 years. Wow, really? Yeah. 200 years? Yeah, people prize them for their determination and focus and their indifference to discomfort while they're hunting. Now, don't they have like a supreme... Nose or they have an um, scenting nose. ability, I one guess the, you would one say. One of the best in the in the canine in the world. Yeah, second really? to the um, bloodhound. Yeah, which is obviously the undisputed leader. All right, so bear hunting dogs. All right, the last and final one. We've talked about these before. Carillion bear dogs. Carillion bear dogs. Those yeah. things are awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't it, it, we just had them on the show or, or people talking about them a couple of three weeks ago? Yeah, yeah something. Yeah, train them for like law enforcement and stuff. Or yeah. not law enforcement, no, but uh, bear wildlife or, yeah. officers to take out. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to be in the backcountry with um, bears, you need a dog that's smart and tough and is able to um, hold its own, but also find a scent and track it a lot of times. So there are primitive, these Carillion bear dogs, they're a primitive hunting breed known for their courage to deal with large prey animals, including bear and cougars as well. Aren't they like descendants of the Viking age? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they actually. have these little hats with horns. Yes, on them. most they definitely. They love boats. <laughs> <laughs> So they have, um, they're kind of fearless by nature and they're known for their um, ability to work independently. So like once they get their um, direction from their master, if you will, they go and they accomplish a goal and they do not need any more direction until they come back to you. They, I mean, they just, they they're, they work independently. It's because nobody knows where they're at. And they're, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're very beautiful and athletic dogs. Yeah. Um, it's tremendous what they do. And they can be a great family dog, but they're really hyper. So it's one of those, and and they're super smart and intelligent. So you need to have it be a good dog handler if you're going to yeah, be. Yeah, another, another good bear dog or lion dog is is a, a plot hound 
also a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Rhodesian right. Ridgeback. Those are cool. Great, great dogs. Yes. Uh, anyways, once again, we are talking about all breeds of hunting dogs on today's show. We're everything from maintenance to uh, training them, taking care of them, first aid, everything that you could think about. But who we got coming up next, Jimmy? Hey, coming up next is Dave Carty. And once again, he's the pointing dog columnist for Gun Dog Magazine. Hey, here's a word from Mark about man's best friend. Yeah, also, though, we want to say real quick a uh, shout-out to Ram Trucks, RamTrucks.com, plus Ruger at Ruger.com, and High Mountain Seasonings, that is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com, and Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. There's a little plug for us. I'm Pope Jimmy. The official radio program of Outdoor Channel. Also, uh, Cabela's, World Storm us out there at Cabela's.com, and Zeiss at Zeiss.com forward slash sports. Miss Bunny, Woo-woo. thank you so much. Woo-woo, girl. You're awesome as always. High five. Jimmy, I, I didn't do anything. Yeah, I know. Well. <laughs> Anyways, I right, stick around once again. Here's a word for Mark about a man's best friend, Dave Carty. He's coming up next. When's the last time you had a good time? This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. You're bullcrapping us. No, I am not. Ram Trucks on Man's Best Friend. A jack of all trades. Dogs have been used as hunting companions since prehistoric times. Hunting and guarding are the oldest uses for dogs. Today, hunting dogs are still widely used in many capacities for finding, tracking, chasing, retrieving, or killing game. And dozens of breeds have been specialized to do certain types of hunting tasks very well. For example, scent hounds excel at following a trail using their noses. Retrievers excel at bringing back birds that a hunter is shot and there are many other specialties hey don't go anywhere because the revolution with jim and trav has just begun when you're after the largest game in the united states finding success at high altitude trying to hit some elevation takes high caliber instincts i don't know if i can keep up join jason carter and the under armor team where the climb to the top holy crap is the easy part Never detected. He's on the run. Always lethal. Hit him. Under Armour presents Ridge Reaper. Season premiere Monday, 11 p.m. Eastern. All part of our all-new premiere week. Only on Outdoor Channel. (laughs) That was brutal. Bring on the weather. The work day. The three-ton haul. The off-off road. Turn the rain into hail. The dawn into a second night. Bring it all on and more because you'll never know your limits until you go looking for them the new 2013 ram 1500 designed to overcome every obstacle in its path with best-in-class fuel economy and a five-year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty engineered to move heaven and earth guts glory ram Standard pickup class, EPA estimated 17 city, 20 combined, 25 highway MPG based on Ram V6 4x2. Actual results may vary. Excludes hybrid models. See dealer for copy of the powertrain limited warranty. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. Patterns patterns of our society are being disrupted. You're listening to the revolution. Raising to a new level. Now, here's Jim and Trav. Hey, if you're just joining us, you miss Miss Bunny. She talked about a lot of different breeds of hunting dogs. A bunch of different breeds of hunting dogs. Things to think about. Uh, things that I have never thought about before. <gasps> Lassie, come home. <laughs> I'm a professional whistler. <laughs> uh, it's kind of interesting, Jimmy, since What's you're uh, going to Africa. I thought uh-huh. uh, you'd get a kick out of this. Anyways, male dogs will raise their legs while urinating to aim higher on a tree or lamppost because they want to leave a message that they are tall and intimidating. Uh, but here, here's the part you're going to like. Uh, some wild dogs in Africa try to run up tree trunks while they are urinating to um, appear to be even larger. Yeah, he's called Splash. They're going to try to run up you. Watching <laughs> guys in bars do that. <laughs> and that man right there is Dave Carty, and he is the Pointing Dog columnist there uh, for Gun Dog Magazine. Uh, Dave, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> doing well, doing well. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about uh, first-year puppy training issues with you. And now, you know, I think people run across a lot of problems in the first year of training um, hunting dogs, mm-hmm. you know, some things are critical. Some things aren't so much. What are some issues that you have run across in the past, Dave, that you find to be most problematic? The issues that 
you're going to be running into are going to be around the training that you do and the three things that you really need to worry about and get handled in a dog's first year and preferably in the first eight or nine months are number one, housebreaking. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether you have a pointing dog retriever or a poodle, it's something <laughs> you're going to have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Number two, introducing that dog to birds. Mm-hmm. And number three, introducing it to gunfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now, do you have a new puppy now? I do. As a matter of fact, she is sitting in the airline crate, which is one of the best tools you will ever get across the room from me as we're talking. That's what Jim's wife puts him in. <laughs> and I have learned to do it on the paper. Yes. <laughs> you shut up yeah. and stay in your box, Jim. Well, that's, that's what you get for urinating on a post in a bar. <laughs> you know, one thing I've always heard, Dave, from people is, and they seem to be really consumed with this, is that their dog keeps creeping up on birds, you know, like Eric Church creeping is it that big of a problem to you? You know what? It's not. Really? Um, that is something I just wrote an article about. As a matter of fact, if you go to the current issue of gundogmag.com, you'll see an article I wrote on that very subject. Oh, really? Yeah, that is typically an issue that for dogs a little older than a year, but it can happen at any age. And the way I handle that is that I first train the dog very thoroughly in the woe command. Mm-hmm. And because I steady my dogs to wing shot and fall, which is considered a finished dog, although most people don't do that. And, there, and there's, you don't really need to go that route. I just happen to enjoy hunting over dogs like that. Mm-hmm. I will allow a dog to creep on the bird until that dog thinks that it has got the bird's pins or located. Really? For instance, say you're running a pheasant, and pheasants, of course, run like crazy. Yeah. And your dog is following the bird, and you're following it for 100 yards. I will let that dog follow that bird. I won't roll it until, by my best guess, that dog has got the bird pinned. And then I will tell the dog to woe. And at that point, the dog has been trained, theoretically, not to move anymore. Once the bird goes up and I shoot until I actually give the dog the command to move on or to fetch. Mm-hmm. I've hunted, I had a lot of birds all over the country. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that most game birds do run. And when I hunt desert quail, pheasants, chuckers, rough grouse, all of which run under a point, and I have dogs that creep and run after those birds, when I put that same dog on birds that don't run, like Mern's quail or bobwhite quail or woodcock, there's really no problem. I don't have any residual problems with the dog wanting to run after those birds. So I think dogs creeping on birds, depending on how you look at it, can be a little bit of an overrated problem. Yeah. Now, now that's my opinion. There are going to be people that definitely disagree with me on that, and I can respect where they're coming from. Dave, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. now, now you... I have never heard that before. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things that you talked about is a lot of different species of birds. Do the younger dogs get confused to say you may have a uh, uh, Huns and you may have sharp tail all in the same area. Are they are they just looking for birds? Maybe there's pheasants there or possibly even quail. Uh, do they get confused when you're really wanting to go after one species? It isn't so much that they get confused when you have a young dog. And again, I, I'm considering a puppy anywhere from six months old to two years old. That's pretty mm-hmm. much a puppy. When you have a young dog like that that hasn't been exposed to a new bird, say you've been hunting Huns in Montana and you take them down to Arizona and you decide you're going to hunt Mern's quail, which is something I do every year. Yeah. A new dog takes a while to learn that new bird. There's mm-hmm. different scents, there's oh, yeah. different habitats. They're going to understand instinctively the types of birds that they need to point. They're not going to suddenly start pointing metal arcs, <laughs> but they, and they'll understand the quail or bird they want to point, but it's going to take them a while to understand the lay of the land and understand the bird, just like it would be if you went to a different neighborhood and, and tried to immerse yourself in a culture in a different country. It takes yeah. a while for them to get that. Now, I want to ask you a question. This is something I actually got a kind of a heated debate over this weekend with a, a good friend of Jim and I's. Now, you know, when, when you have, let's say, you're learning a new sport, uh, basketball. Jim sucks at basketball. You, you know, when, when you first start playing and getting introduced into it, you really don't want to go up against Kobe Bryant. I mean, he's just going to absolutely school you. And does that right. same thing apply to dogs? Because my buddy was saying, oh, no, it's good for them. It helps them. They learn and they can watch other dogs and stuff like that. I personally think it's a bunch of BS. Um, do you like to work your younger dogs with more older, um, savvy, experienced dogs? Oh, no. Really? No, I think. See? Yeah, I really think that I have the, the guy that breeds language pointers and I talk about this all the time. <laughs> um, if you running your dog with a more experienced dog, the more experienced dog basically isn't going to teach the younger dog anything but bad habits. They'll, <laughs> they'll teach them how to get into the garbage and, and knock it over and, just, you know, 
chew up your sofa in the living room, but they're not going to teach your dog how to point. They're not going to teach your dog how to woe. They're not going to teach it to come. They're not going to teach it how to work birds. Mm-hmm. I, as a matter of fact, I think it's a very good idea, especially if you have a young puppy in the first year that wants to trail around and follow the other dog, is to hunt that dog by itself and let it develop some independence rather than hunting it with an older dog. And then once it's developed independence where it's hunting on its own, it doesn't depend on the older dog, then you can hunt it together, and that's fine. See? I was right. <laughs> I know. That's kind of fun, too, you know? <laughs> well, hey, we're actually coming off on an ad break, Dave. Once again, uh, Dave Cardi is the pointing dog columnist there for a dung, uh, as the Dun <laughs> Gun Dog Magazine. Where can we find you online? One more time, buddy. Gundogmag.com. Well, hey, we're the revolution. We are proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you hop on, check them out. Outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution and Ram Trucks, ramtrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That is H I M T N Jerky.com and Cabela's. World's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Mr. Dave, man, it has been awesome. Fun having you on, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It was fun. Hey, you bet. Hey, coming up next, we've got Dr. Michael Fuller, and he's a 30-plus veteran with uh, the Army or something. The Elsenberg Animal <laughs> Hospital. <laughs> I knew it was somewhere. He, he's a, a surgeon in the Army. Uh, anyways, we're talking about hunting dogs on today's show. Here's a quick word from Mark. We'll be back after the break. Ram Trucks on Puppy Love. So how strong is the bond between a man and his wife's dog? Well, rock star Ozzy Osbourne saved his wife Sharon's Pomeranian from a coyote by tackling and wrestling the coyote until it released the dog. And what makes the story even better? He was sober. Hey, make sure you hit us up at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com or at Twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN. Thanks. Sasquatch, Mountain Man is back. Every day is a battle with nature. Every step could be disastrous. There's no telling what you're going to walk up on. In the world of a mountain man, surviving today is never a promise. Seeing tomorrow is never a guarantee. But for Sasquatch, survival is the only option. Sasquatch, Mountain Man. All new season premiere Friday, July 5th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Only on Outdoor Channel, true to the core. The Ruger American Rifle is a 100% American-made firearm that offers outstanding performance at a great price. Available in standard size and compact models, it features power bedding integral bedding blocks, a Ruger Marksman adjustable trigger, a flush-fit four-round rotary magazine, and a three-lug bolt with 70-degree throw. Compact models feature a shorter length of pull and a shorter barrel for a reduction in overall length of more than five inches. The Ruger American Rifle. Another rugged, reliable firearm from Ruger. Arriba, arriba. Go south of the border with High Mountain Seasonings and their new taco and fajita seasoning concoctions for your wild game cooking. Go to www.himtnjerky.com. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. All right, folks, a couple quick announcements. Listen up. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Hello? Hello? Is anybody there? Here are the boys. This is a funny survey. What's that? Uh, Frank found. It's so true. My wife does this. Uh, it says, one survey reports that 33% of dog owners admit that they uh, talk to their dogs on answering machines. They actually leave the messages. I know uh, when like we're gone on vacation or something, my wife will call home if the dogs are at home, if they're not spending the night at a friend's house, your house, whatever. Um, and she talks she'll, to the dogs? Yeah, she'll like sing to them, tell them she loves them. <laughs> it's, it's cute. They get homesick then. They do. They miss mommy. Everybody misses mommy. Anyways, right now, though. Hey, coming up next, we've got Dr. Michael Fuller. Uh, He's a uh, 30-plus-year veterinarian at the Ellsenberg Animal Hospital. But you know one thing, um, and I know Jim does this constantly. He neglects animals on a daily basis. Uh, But No, I just ignore him. Most people, uh, Dr. Mike, they don't think about first aid when they're out there uh, with their animals, especially in the backcountry when you're hunting, doing whatever. People, we just, it, it seems like we don't even think about it. Space cadets. Well, they don't. They don't. You know, and and it's pretty easy to pack what you need in the field to take care of minor problems. You know, the vast majority of time you're dealing with wounds. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, you know what gun dogs are like. You know, they go ripping along and they yeah. go through the barbed wire fence and slices their back open. And they go, oh, I kind of hurt myself. Oh, bird up, you know, and then they're <laughs> off, they go again. And so they don't act like they're hurt that much, but yeah. you'll see them with eight-inch slices down their back. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, the main thing on dealing with wounds is being able to control bleeding first, which fortunately most of the time, unless it's a bad wound, they don't bleed much. But mm-hmm. If uh, you, you can control bleeding with pressure, and, and you have to have the bandage material to do that, some gauze and some uh, elastic bandage, and, and a good padded, sterile swatch that goes over the top of it, you can buy those, you know, all this stuff, you can buy it in the feed stores and the grocery stores and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you can get pressure on the bleeding area. And uh, wounds on the body, a lot of times if a person just has a clean shirt, Mm-hmm. Uh, you can put a shirt, you know, armholes on the front legs or armholes on the back legs, depending on where the wound is, and, yeah. and take some, you know, white athletic tape and go around the hem around the middle of the body, and it's covered until you can get to your veterinarian. Yeah, Trev did that to me yesterday. I just want to wrap him up, <laughs> get rid of him, Mike. Uh, now well, you get them shipped that way. <laughs> let, let, a flat rate box you can use. <laughs> might have to cut them up in pieces. <laughs> but let's say we're out in the field, all right, Doctor Mike. And we get this dog, and he's got a pretty bad cut on him, and we're three miles from the truck, and we need to do something. What's the first thing that we need to do? If we have just a simple medical kit on us, can we use anything in that kit on our animals? Yeah, most of the human first aid stuff works just perfectly. And, really? And, and again, it kind of goes back to that shirt. Most wounds, you just need to cover them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? One thing extra about dogs is is if you're going to run gun dogs, and, and I I go hiking with dogs in the high country, and mm-hmm. it's good to have a boot. Yeah, you know, they they make a variety of boots that you can just velcro onto these guys, mm-hmm. and you you can throw a clean pad over the top of that, velcro that on. Uh, Any place else on the body, you can just get it, even if it's just a light bandage, just something to keep it from getting any dirtier than it might already be. And most of them are surprisingly clean. Yeah. Now, uh, we have here in the Midwest, we've got prairie rattlers. I don't know where you're at up there in Washington State, if you have snakes up there. But, you know, people listen to us all over the country. And uh, I'll tell you what, every once in a while, we have a dog that runs into it. What's the first thing we got to do? The main thing you can do in the field that is worth having around and also good for allergic reactions to wasp stings and things like that is Benadryl. Mm, yeah. um, and the person can contact their local veterinarian and get the dose for the Benadryl, and most veterinarians are quite happy to have them carry that. And then you can get some initial protection against this reaction to the venom. And then uh, the other thing, though, that has come into place in the last few years is is the rattlesnake vaccine, Yeah, which does a horrible job at keeping the rattlesnakes away, but it does, <laughs> does pre- prevent a lot of the reaction to the bite. And so as long as they don't count on it too much for anything else, but it, it does re- yeah, reduce the reaction to the venom in the bite. Now, last year, uh, Jim's um, black lab weighs about 90 pounds, was bit right on the side of the face uh, by a rattlesnake. And luckily, I was with Jim when it happened, and we found out within probably two or three minutes, rushed him. We were maybe standing 30 yards from the truck got him in the truck, got him to town within about half an hour of it happening. But what happens when you're out in the fall? It's still pretty warm. Um, you're going to run across some snakes occasionally or when you're training them. And let's say you're five miles from your vehicle. And when your vehicle is 45 minutes from town, how long do we have um, if it's a pretty bad bite? Or should to, we just pray for him? Yeah. What, what would you? <laughs> well, there's a little bit of that because you have as long as it takes. I yeah, mean, exactly. Know, <laughs> it's, it's things. There's not much else you can do about that. So, yeah. So you're just going to go. I mean, and, and, you know, most people aren't going to physically carry the dog. And, and it doesn't seem to make a difference that inactivity is really going to prevent them from going into shock or anything. Mm-hmm. One of the best things about dogs is kind of like getting hit by cars is, you know, they, they don't worry about it. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you, know, you get shot or bit by a snake, you say, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. <laughs> and the dog says, okay, where's the trisket? You know, and, and they're off on the road. So that helps because there's a mental part to that. But, yeah, you just take them and, and head out, you know, at a reasonable rate of speed and, and stay calm. And you can usually get a good result. They are somewhat more resistant to some of the venoms mm-hmm. than we are. Certainly not resistant, but somewhat yeah. more resistant. Uh, I don't have personal experience with 
you know, like the timber rattlers and some of those tougher snakes that they've got in the Midwest and Southeast. But mm-hmm. um, um, they, uh, they they have a high survival rate. Yeah, he, he Jim's dog spent what about two and a half weeks? Yeah, at the uh, vet. At the vet. Yeah, they they really don't like beer. <laughs> <laughs> they can't drive they when they drink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, say, so you have the wrong dog. <laughs> there you go. Hey, we've been talking with Dr. Mike. He's Dr. Michael Fuller there at the Ellenberg uh, Animal Hospital. Ellenberg. Ellenberg. If we want to find out more about you, Doc, uh, where do we have to head to online to do that? Sure. We're at uh, online at, at ebergvet.com, E-B-U-R-G-V-E-T.com. And I've got some first aid stuff there and common conditions to worry about. Also got an email available there. We'd, we'd be happy to talk to people. I, I'm, I'm pretty good about answering emails sometimes within the same century. So <laughs> you pretty you did pretty good answering these two stupid guys' questions. <laughs> Anyways, once again, that was Dr. Mike Fuller, and he's a 30-plus-year veterinarian at the Elsenberg Animal Hospital. Well, hey, we're the revolution. We're proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you hop online, check them out, outdoorchannel.com and Ram Trucks, or ramtrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com. Mr. Mike, man, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. You bet. Hey, coming up next, we've got Brian Lynn, and he's a outdoor writer for Outdoor Life. Or for Outdoor Life Gun Dogs blog. Something like that, yeah. if you want to be specific. <laughs> Anyways, uh, stick around. Brian Lynn is coming up next. Here's a word from Mark. We'll see you guys in a minute. Ram trucks and the history of dogs. Who would have thunk it? The term dog days of summer was coined by the ancient Greeks and Romans to describe the hottest days of summer that coincided with the rising of the dog star Sirius. And the idiot that wrote Who Let the Dogs Out was Anselm Douglas. Well, on that note, let's get to a break. More Revolution with Jim and Trav coming up right after this. We're never looking for danger, but sometimes danger finds us. He's coming, Jim. Legendary outdoorsman Jim Shockey and his crew travel deep into the world's most remote places. In the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere. Where the most exotic animals are often the most deadly. You never know what you're going to see. Get ready to go off the grid. It's raw and it's real. This is hunting on the edge. Jim Shockey's The Professionals. Season premiere, Monday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Part of our all-new premiere week. Only on Outdoor Channel. True to the core. Introducing Terra, a new line of premium optics that combines the benefits of legendary German design and engineering with the performance features you've come to expect from Zeiss, all at an incredible value. Find out more at Zeiss.com forward slash sports. When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet outdoor meals. These freeze-dried meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet meals at a sporting goods store near you or at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Be your best in the field with Outgo's Port- Portable personal care products. Get clean with smart suds, waterless wash, and quick dry microfiber towels. Field tested in the military, now at outdoor retailers and on base. See the full line at outgo.us. You're listening to the revolution with Jim and Trav. Frank actually just sent me something. It's kind of interesting. Uh, did he send it to you? find time to do this? Frank's lazy. Anyways, at the end of a World War One, the German government trained uh, the first guide dogs for war-blinded soldiers. Didn't know that. That's no kind of neat. Yeah, um, where do you find blind dogs to do that? Stop it. You know what's really cool? Remember that guy, Dave, that had that uh, Dalmatian that yeah. was deaf and yeah. knew sign language? It's pretty cool. Her name was Harley, I think. Uh, you may be right. She was a nice pooch. Yeah. Uh, anyways, once you, you know what? Germans got nothing to do with it. <laughs> the goddamn Germans ain't got nothing to do with it. The Germans got nothing to do with it. You got to get uh, on with this thing. Anyways, uh, yeah, we are talking about gun dogs on today's show. We're just now being joined by Brian Lynn, and he is a writer for Outdoor Life Gun Dogs blog. Uh, Brian, how's it going, buddy? Good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing pretty good, if I can actually talk. All right, so let's talk about field trials for just a second, because, you know, some field trials have become a bit unrealistic, a bit corny. I mean, every everybody will say that. But, you know, you have these people 
they're watching this, all right, and they want to get involved and they want to have some hunting dogs like this, but they get these dogs. And a little notoriety. Yeah, and so they'll spend big bucks to get these animals, and then when they get them out in the field, they don't necessarily perform uh, the way that they think they're going to, like they did when they were in competition. Jimbo ran into that exact um, scenario. Are, are you finding this to be true, Brian? That has more to do with the people. <laughs> the dogs have the genetic material. It's usually uh, the people side of the equation. They don't know what they're doing. They have too much dog. And sometimes it doesn't even matter if they have a chihuahua, the dog, without smart them. So yeah. a lot of times it's not, the pe- it's not the dog that's the issue. It's the people. Yeah, I'll give you my tale of woe. I bought a Weimaraner. I yeah. mean, he had like 39 champions on his father's side, 19 on his mother's side. He was beautiful, okay, dumber than a box of rocks. And I thought that I could just clean up with him, and he just couldn't hunt. I took him to a professional trainer to try to do something. He couldn't do anything either. And so do you think that sometimes we just kind of breed the uh, brains right out of these things? Well, especially with the Weimaraner, you know, anytime that a dog, especially beautiful dogs, become popular in a show ring, there's a divergence. So my question to you would be, you say it had 39 champions in its pedigree. From what? Is it from hunting lines? Is it from field trial lines? Or is it from the bench show lines? Uh, I think so it was it from... 39 champions in the confirmation ring. Those dogs, the hunt is bred out of them pretty thoroughly. It's yeah. beaten out of them, you know, through breeding. They don't want a high-energy dog that has a lot of prey drive. They want one that looks pretty and prances around. That's me. I'm so that bred. My first question. I was bred for beauty, and I <laughs> prance around. There's, abs- there's nothing floating around up here, Brian, at all. <laughs> now, Brian, before we go on with this, buddy, uh, to find out more about you and your writings, where do we have to head to online to do that, man? Uh, just head to OutdoorLife.com, uh, Outdoor Life Magazine. Well, you know, there are, are uh, field trials going on practically every weekend from now until hunting season and even during hunting season. I know even here in the, in the state of Kansas, we have the, the Kansas Pheasant Dog Championship going on uh, by Rex Murray. But, uh, geez, oh, Pete, is there really that many different breeds that uh, they can actually take all this time up? There, There is a venue for any hunting dog you want, spaniels, pointing dogs, retrievers. Mm-hmm. tracking dogs, curves and feists for uh, squirrels, mm-hmm. coon dogs is the granddaddy of them all. That's the biggest one. But there is a difference between hunt tests and field trials. And sometimes they all get lumped together, and that's not necessarily accurate. You know, field trials, are they all started as a way to represent an average day of hunting. And it was mm-hmm. to evaluate a dog's natural skills in the field. Does it have prey drive? Is it trainable? Does it have the bird smarts or the whatever the prey is? As things evolved, we became better and better with our training techniques. Technologies evolved the e-collar. It started off as just a big jolt of electricity. <laughs> now it's, you can fine-tune it so much, mm-hmm. you can make little corrections, and it's up to the dog's personal standards and uh, what he can accept or not accept that you can work with each dog and fine-tune everything. We're making corrections, instantaneous corrections, at greater and greater distances, and mm-hmm. therefore we can train on more and more complex concepts that was never possible before. Yeah. Now, you mentioned egos, because Jim is probably the most humble man in the world. He's the only guy that doesn't have an ego. But, you know, every guy, man, we can build a house. I we have can, a red-tailed hawk, we, we can rope wild Mustangs and train them. I mean, that's just the way we are. We're kind of dipsticks. But, you know, we're talking about, you, you mentioned earlier, it, it's kind of the owner or the trainer's incompetence in being able to handle the dog, and we put so much emphasis on training our animals. Do you think that there needs to be more clinics on training the owners on how to operate? I mean, you can take a class on how to operate a Wii. We need more classes, perhaps, how to properly work a hunting dog, don't you think? Oh, definitely, definitely. There's a, And that's where most of the problems are, and that goes from hunting dogs down to the family poodle. <laughs> yeah. People don't understand how a dog thinks. They want it to think like a person. They try to make it difficult and they <laughs> talk to it like their kids. They're not. They're dogs. <laughs> yeah. You can learn to think like a dog and keep it simple. They're very black and white. It's pretty easy. 
you know, but we're humans. We like to screw things up. <laughs> Muddy the waters. <laughs> yeah, and that's where you start running into issues, whether it's training for the hunting or whether it's the dog sleeping on the bed, whatever. That's where the issues run in is people screw the dog up, and it's just adapting to what it <laughs> what it needs to do to survive and thrive and what it can get away with. I mean, it's going to let you – it's going to get away with whatever you – let it get allow away. it to yeah so I, going back to seminars that is the best thing you can do there's books out there there's dvds out there all good information educate yourself but it's not for lack of information that people can't train dogs it's lack of experience you bet hey we've been talking with brian lynn he's talking about hey you can have some problems with field trials you can have a lot of problems i we just have problems anyways he is a outdoor writer for outdoor life gun dogs blog uh, one more time brian to find you online where do we have to go man just head over to OutdoorLife.com and the Gun Dogs blog. Remember, your dog's not stupid. You are. <laughs> Quoting words to live by. <laughs> All right, so, hey, we're the revolution. We are proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you check them out. OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution and Ram Trucks. RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com. And High Mountain Seasonings, that is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com plus Zeiss. At Zeiss.com forward slash sports. Mr. Brian, man, this has been very interesting, buddy. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. Hey, coming up next is Dave Walcott, and he is with Hillcrest Retrievers there in Maryland. Talking about how to train your dogs to stay in boats. It's going to be a good thing. Uh, Called an anchor. Stop. (laughs) Anyways, here's a word from Mark. I'm going to slap Jim as we go to the break. We'll see you in a minute. Ram Trucks on Man's Best Friend. Turn that frown upside down. A dog most likely interprets a smiling person as baring their teeth. And a great statistic to remember is that an average dog can bite 10 times before a human can respond. So send us some cool pics of you and your best hunting pooch to radio at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. And the boys will return after this brief word from our sponsors. To take it all head on. Channel the universe. Steer the satellites. Defy the elements. Roar past convention. Shift every course. Rewrite the roadmaps. Push beyond the possible. And bring the world to its knees. It takes the new 2013 Ram 1500. Engineered to move heaven and earth. The road doesn't end here. This is only the beginning. Guts. Glory. Ram. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. Relax. Get ready to have fun. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. It's awfully big. Here are the boys. So I have to say, I have never seen you in green before. I mean, camouflage, but not like a green shirt like that. It's green that has like a lime green stripe and a white stripe. It's a golf shirt. Actually, I bought it at Eddie Bauer. You bought it at Eddie Bauer? Why do you shop at places like that? Why don't you shop at Cabela's? Because it fits me. Anyways. (laughs) Uh, Before the break, though, we are... Convenient place to get the Cabela's where I was at. Oh, well, we are talking about gun dogs on today's show. Before the break, though, we're here for Brian Lynn. Yeah, he actually he's a he's with Outdoor Life and he's a gun dog blogger. Yep, he, he writes about gun dogs on Outdoor Life's uh, website, just as Jim said. <laughs> Anyways, right now we're being joined by uh, David Walcott, and he has a uh, Hillcrest Retrievers. We're going to be talking about how to uh, teach your dogs to behave in boats. Jim can't. He, he doesn't behave in a boat. How can I expect I pant too much. a dog to? Anyways, uh, David, how's it going, buddy? Very good, thank you. Yeah. Now, I got a question for you. Like, when do you start boat training your dogs? Because that's what we're talking about. Do you first, like, instill the basic obedience skills before you ever introduce them to a boat and then build from there? I mean, we, we've talked to so many different people before in the past, and everybody has a different tact that they take. How do you go about boat training your dogs, uh, David? Okay. Uh, well, first off, um, there's usually a two-word answer to any dog training thing, and it's <laughs> called, it depends. <laughs> so you're going to get different opinions on it. It's not, you know, really, truthfully, dog training is not an exact science. It's, you're dealing with a living, breathing thing, and just like uh, 
still tell you psychology is not a, an exact science with the human, obviously, either. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, neither here nor there. But we start all the dogs training in obedience. Mm-hmm. And, um, but either way, um, it's schooling like anything else. Um, do it dry dock the first. And uh, it's called the kennel command. That means mm-hmm. loading up into a, a truck, mm-hmm. or my truck, yeah. uh, or into the kennel at home here or a kennel in, as uh, in my commercial venue here. And it's a place, and they, mm-hmm. they learn that to get in because they can, upset, you know, be it a canoe, a flat-bottom boat, or a big ring. <laughs> the mm-hmm. dog's going to either hurt himself or hurt somebody else, you know, if he tries to get in there and bounce around a lot. So you just, you know, have them kennel on dry dock to begin with in the in the uh, boat itself mm-hmm. and uh, have a set place. That's yeah. another thing a lot of people don't think about. You know, these where do you put them after? Well, after the dog's in, it's a little, and you're a flow. It's a little too late to be thinking about that. Try to, you know, plan, have a corner of the boat or the middle. be the best mm-hmm. thing for him to ride in and, and just sit down, have a place. Uh, I use a rubber mat. little traction. And, uh, where, yeah, when we're training them here, it's a sense of place for the dog, and he'll get to return with the, the uh, dummy or bird in his mouth. That's a good idea. Heel, it's a finish. And it's a place, and it, we do all these uh, drills with them at that. And, you know, occasionally they do do it at the field trials as well, so they have to have that. But it's, uh, it's a sense of place for the dog, and he'll come in and be more controlled that way. You bet. Hey, we're talking with David Walcott. He's with Hillcrest Retrievers there in Woodbine, uh, Maryland. Now, when you talk about that place that, that they go to, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's the training that you use because every dog needs to have a safe place. Is that what you're doing it for? Yes, I mean their kennel becomes their place, but they're commanded. You know, we don't we don't just teach them and nudge them along there like that. Um, it's part of their obedience training is the kennel command. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sense of place. It gets the dog to come in what's called finish, which means a counterclockwise turn on your left side. Mm-hmm. He's always facing you and sit and face front again. Yeah. So let's say we 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 found a good dog. Okay, we, we that would be Harley. All, yeah. All the obedience. No, your dog's terrible. All the obedience training, and he's going to make a great boat dog. Now, yeah. to get that dog ready for this fall and winter, do you think we're too late in the summer? Even though summer just started a couple of days ago, uh, to actually properly train this dog, because I mean, it, it's probably going to take months to instill yeah. the proper training to get them ready for fall. Do we have enough time left this summer? Yes, they do. I'm signing on dogs now. What happens is uh, gun dog slash training yeah. is about four to five months. And oh, wow. to the dog, how much he can provide from that. But it's a flow chart, you know, from mm-hmm. A to, to Z, four to five months. I move them along as fast as they can take it. You know, yeah. <laughs> a loaded statement. You know, a certain amount of this is up to the dog. You can't just teach them, you know, yeah. only so much and reinforce their training. But, uh, it's, you know, three basic steps is teach, train, and test. And too many times people are, I mean, a puppy will learn real quickly to sit, as we've all seen that if you've ever owned a dog, especially mm-hmm. a smart sporting dog with a Labrador. They'll learn to sit real quick, but it's not trained until they're, you know. And you can't start them much before six months old. They have to have their body mass. So they don't yeah. get injured. The big thing is they have to have their adulty. And the, the other thing is that they they simply have to retain the thought from one day to the next, and they don't do it much before six months old. Mm-hmm. But uh, certainly there's enough time, yeah. It's uh, getting to the wire, though. I'd, a lot of times people call me in August, September, think, you know, they don't know the training <laughs> process. They just snap one out in a month. I, I wish I could, but I can't. Yeah, it takes <laughs> about four hours. <laughs> <laughs> that includes drive time. <laughs> now, yeah. one thing I have always noticed, and I was reading, and, and I'm so glad that you said this. It was in an article. You ever watched, especially these young dogs, and when it, I mean, the, the water temp is just frigid, it's cold, those dogs are just shivering. You talk about pulling them out, taking them to dry land, and letting them run around and build up a little warmth again. That's something that a lot of guys don't do because they don't want to miss out on that opportunity to harvest uh, the game they're pursuing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you got to remember, these dogs are not bulldozers going yeah. to you got to remember that a lot of this training that we do, I have it on specific properties that are dog-friendly, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, that they're not going to injure. There's not too sharp a ditch for them to go through. We want them to go through cover and, and some ditches, but we don't want them, the ditch to be so sharp, like a sinkhole is going to surprise them and snap a cruise ship. You know? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, uh, go through an old fence line and and, <clears throat> and uh, blind the dog or bust him up really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, really comes to home 
on um, hunting because the guy's not concerned a lot of times of, where are you going to throw that dog in there? Just because you knocked the bird out there, they have a lot of heart. And mm-hmm. The dog saw it. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be really willing to go out there. But there may be a danger area in there. And much is the same on just the temperature of the water alone. But I want to cover that, too. Uh, some cover maybe not very dog-friendly. You know, they just can't penetrate. They're not made to penetrate yeah. places where you might drop a bird. So you have to kind of think about that. You could be more responsible shooter for your own dog. You bet. Hey, that was David Walcott, and he has Hillcrest Retrievers there in Woodbine, Maryland. Yeah, just hop online, hillcrestretrievers.com. Uh, excellent trainer. Well, hey, we're the revolution. We're proudly brought to you by Ram Trucks at ramtrucks.com and ruger at ruger.com and high mountain seasonings that is h-i-m-t-n-jerky.com and outdoor channel make sure you hop on check us out outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution mr david man thank you so much for coming on today buddy and for telling us about this my pleasure you bet hey coming up next is the saddest part of the week for old trav oh it's the close I die inside every week. All right, anyways, close coming up next. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you in a minute. trucks on man's best friend can you hear me now a dog can locate the source of a sound in one six hundredth of a second and can hear sounds four times farther away than a human can so listen up we've got to get to a break but we'll return with more hunting dog talk in just a minute hello there hello you're listening to the revolution with jim and trav listen listen to this Hey, we want to give a special thanks to all of our 420 affiliate stations, our advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer Mark Denary, Frank the Sound Guy, Dave Cardi, Dr. Mike Fuller, Brian Lynn, David Walcott, and finally, Under Armour's Brian Offit. Yeah, and also we want to give a special thanks to Outdoor Channel uh, and Ram Trucks. Great people, just like you boys and girls, for tuning in and listening. But guess what? Next week we're talking about Second Amendment. Second Amendment issues. going to be a great show. Anyway, stick around. Your local news weather we is spe- coming up next. We're going to have a special guest. Yes. Uh, anyways, get outdoors this weekend. We love you. God bless you. Once again, local news weather is coming up next. Bye. I'm, I'm waving at you guys. Anyways, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.